Want to know how to get the same cell coverage for up to half the cost? Well, instead of spending a fortune building and maintaining their own cell phone towers, Consumer Cellular just pays to use the same towers as the largest carriers and passes the savings on to you. Pretty smart, huh? Consumer Cellular. When Freedom Calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% of the population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military. And the other 99% of us, we owe them. Online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Welcome to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show. So thankful for your time on this Sunday afternoon. We've got a real treat for you for the next hour. And a family is joining us that just means so much to me. And I was even saying before we started to do the program, it comes up next year, our 30th anniversary. 30 years I've known this Colorado family and uh, with connections. It's a big family, so they're all over the country. But if you are a member of the Cangella family, welcome here on the American Veteran Show. We couldn't do programs like this without our presenting sponsor, Attorney John Boson at Boson Law, B-O-E-S-E-N, BosonLaw.com. Fighting on behalf of veterans every single day, their number 303-999-9999. This show dedicated to a World War II veteran, Lou Cangella, and their sons, Ken and Chris, and, 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 and Pat, their mother, is, is here with us. I want to start out by giving you an audio sample of what Ken and Chris have put together over the last few months, and it's called Our World War II Dad. I'm Chris Cangella, alongside my brother Ken Cangella, and we created this podcast to share some stories about our father, Army Private First Class Louis Cangella, who served in the European theater during World War II. Now, Ken, you're going to have to act like our expert here. I know you are. Because on this podcast, we need some guidance. And over the past few years, I know you've been doing a lot of research about dad's time overseas. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So uh, I have really kind of immersed myself in it as, as I've gotten older. Um, I very much wanted to understand what he went through. The voices you heard, Ken and Chris Cangella, they're just dear friends of mine. I, I don't have a brother, uh, don't have a big family, so I kind of like inserted myself. Uh, first here in studio, welcome to Ken. It's great to see you, my man. It's great to see you again, too. It's Thank been a while. you. It has been. And then joining us via Zoom is, is uh, Ken's brother, Chris. Chris, it's great to have you, man, and thank you for welcoming me almost 30 years ago into your family. Stefan, you uh, you were a great addition to our clan, so thanks for uh, for joining us. You bet. And the matriarch, Pat. It's so great to see you, you beautiful, loving woman. You, you're just one of my boys, Steph. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. I gotta I gotta just I want to start with you, Pat. How did you meet Lou? He worked down in the Protoshards for a competitor of my father's, and I worked for my father, so that's how we met down there. Was it love at first sight? Was it, I don't know if I want to even speak to this man? What was that like? Well, he was a lot older than I am. 
And he was hesitant to date me, but he had such beautiful blue eyes. I just fell for them. Mm. You meet him, um, well, what, at what point in his life and yours? What year are we talking about? Well, I was just a year out of high school. He had finished high school. He had gone into the service for a couple of years. Then he went to college, but he did college in two and a half years. He took a heavy load. And so he was working then. So he graduated from that college in 47, and I graduated from high school in 49. Did he ever talk about what happened with him, his service in World War II with you? Very, very little. The guys that he hung up with all served in different areas. They never talked about it. Chris, is that one of the reasons why you decided to put this video and audio podcast series together called Our World War II Dad? You know, Steph, it really is because we didn't know much. You know, we got some of the stories, of course. You know, he told Mom some things, and, and then Ken did some research about the other things that he discovered. And what was the precipice of us doing this podcast, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, a little bit later, is that, you know, Ken retraced Dad's steps and went to Europe and, and found all those spots that he learned about. And uh, I used to kid him, like, you know, Ken, when you get home, I want to see, you know, you got to do a PowerPoint presentation for me. <laughs> for the entire family, right, right. And I decided maybe we should just do a video podcast. Yeah, Chris is a, a wonderful uh, videographer and editor. And as I mentioned at the top, I, I came to know this family. We played in the media softball league. Chris was at a Denver television station. I was at another radio station. And, you know, we just, you, you just, when you meet good people, you, you, you just know because they're few and far between. Even back in the 1990s, you retrace Ken your dad's steps. What was that like? Oh, it was just wonderful. You know, he died in 1997, and uh, I was in my 30s, and I was a dad. You know, I was busy. I didn't really get the time to sit down and you know talk one on one to a great degree with him. And he didn't talk about the war much anyway. He told snippets here and there. So I missed that window of opportunity when he was still alive. And it was some years after his death, I started going through his credenza in his office. And I just found this treasure trove of memorabilia that set me on this path. And one of the most unique things was this prayer card he had kept from 1945. It had a calendar on the back of it. And on the prayer card, he had put little tick marks on certain dates. And I said to mom, I showed him to mom, I said, uh, do these tick marks mean anything? She goes, no. She goes, but he circled his birthday. And I go, well, I can recognize that. Right. So I started digging into the research about the troop movements for, for the 99th Infantry Battalion separate, which is what he was in. And each one of those tick marks denoted where the troops moved. So they weren't allowed to, you know, keep journals and stuff in case they got captured. And even letters home were, were, you know, edited. So I took that prayer card and I started to piece his journey together and come full circle. I, I was able to travel to Germany and Belgium and walk in his footsteps just this spring. Wow. Ken Cangella, Chris Cangella, Pat Cangella, uh, uh, two sons and a mom, talking about their late father and, and late husband, Lou Cangella. I remember your dad when we were playing softball. He would show up at times. I remember there was one uh, – Chris, you, you'd remember better than me, just as an ancillary kind of sidebar story. There was – somebody yelled some profanity at one point. Some, one, of you, one of you Cangella boys were like, oh, my God. Do you remember that? Of course, yeah. So, yeah, another guy on the team – Got into a little scuffle with the other team and uh, had some choice words for him. But, you know, Dad really couldn't hear that from the stand. So when we uh, came over after the uh, timeout in the field, Dad went over to that person and asked, you know, what did he say? 
and he told him exactly the curse words that he said. And every one of my brothers and probably even you, Steph, were like, oh, my goodness. I know. I can't believe he just said that. He just said that to to him. Yeah. Dad, he ate it up. Dad loved it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. He would have killed one of us if we said that. Yeah. Pat, do you remember, like, you know, when when Ken is doing the the, the, kind of the search through or the discovery of the credenza? I mean, you have to be even surprised. Well, what we did is we'd sit down on the floor in the office, and Ken would hand me a paper. What's this, Mom? What does this mean? What date is this? You know, do you remember this? What picture is this? We had a wonderful time doing that. Was it kind of, yeah, going down memory lane? Oh, my, it was wonderful, yes. Yeah. And he had pictures of his old group that he went to high school with, and then some of them went to the same college as he did, Duquesne. And uh, I was able to remember those and tell Kenny who they were. Was it... A little bit for you being able to, as with, with Ken's research and what Chris has done as well, in, in putting this together, our World War II dad and friends, we will definitely get you all the information on how you can take part and, and watch this. I've loved every episode that I've seen. Um, was it able? Were you able, Pat, to put two and two together like, oh, this makes sense now? Or, or did you kind of feel like you knew all of this already? Well, I didn't know all that. I remember we would watch TV, uh, Dad and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would see something on the news about a certain place in Europe. And he would say, oh, I was there. And if you go up this street or you go over there and the church is over here, he would remember all those things. And it was just so interesting. I wish he and I had gone to Europe together. Mm-hmm. It would have been wonderful. Ken, are you surprised that he had those? I mean, to me, dealing with veterans for you know three decades or so, two-plus decades at least, uh, those memories, those are seared. Yeah, it's interesting um, thinking about the things he would talk about, what would stick in his mind. And I think he purposely told World War II stories that were on the lighter side to protect the family, what you know he had seen. Maybe his own heart. Yeah, that's a good point. And so uh, – but his recollection of even those lighter side moments, like him talking about just being amazed how the sun is still shining at 1 o'clock in the morning when, I, when he was up in Norway towards the end of the war – and just those little things like that were just really precious to hear. So he had a great memory. And uh, if he'd have been here and I, and I had sat down with him with what I know now, he would have filled in the blanks to perfection. And it would have been just an amazing story to hear from him. Ken, Pat, and Chris Kenjella, they are our guests for this edition of the American Veteran Show. We'll take our first time at them when we come back more on the series, Our World War II Dad. Glad you're with us. We're just getting started. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. This is the American Veteran Show, online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Welcome back to the program. It is such a special edition, and I'm not trying to insert myself into this, but just loving this family, the Cangella family. Uh, next year will be 30 years uh, that, that they kind of took me in, and here I'm a guy that just moved from California, and I'm in the media, and my friend Chris, who's, who's joining us via Zoom on this episode, it just it's a friendship and a bond and it doesn't matter how many years and Ken I think you would agree I mean I probably haven't seen you I don't know how long I mean I follow you on social media but it's it's like I know I just feel like with you I can just I can just pick it right back up yeah it's probably the last softball game we probably. played in together was the last time I saw you and of course you know I followed you on social media yeah. and your quick trips to London and back were always amazing to yeah. me that somebody would jump on a plane and do that so well, I gotta, somebody's got to do it right. somebody's got to oh, do it oh my gosh yeah and your wonderful mother you you have just 
Pat Cangella, you have always been so sweet to me for like almost three decades. And Chris said that I could say this, that you, he said that you said that it was okay. You are such a beautiful woman, and you are 91 years young as you sit here. And Ken, back me on this. She's your mom, but yep. I mean, does, she does not look 91. No, born in 1931, and if uh, you looked at her, you, you no just way. say no way. Has, yeah. Does it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, hopefully someday, Ken, myself, Chris, will be 91. But does it seem? I mean, what a lifetime! That's almost a century of life experience. It's got to. I don't know if you pinch yourself sometimes. It's just amazing. In my family, if you wait until January, there will be 60 of us with the grandchildren and the great grandchildren. 60. 60. Of How us. many children did you have? Eight. And, you know, toward the end of the uh, the broadcast today, I want to officially on the American Veterans Show thank you, Ken, thank you, Pat, and thank you, Chris, because without your family, I don't meet a man named Bob McAdam and do what I feel is I don't know if I could ever have, have uh, maybe down the road, I don't think I'll ever top our documentary film 25 Steps on Bob McAdam, the POW from World War II, along with um, his amazing, you know, roommate almost, uh, certainly out in Highlands Ranch at a retirement home, uh, Butch Dessen. So I'll thank you guys at the end of the program for that. Chris, I want to, just in case people are just kind of picking up, we're, we're here visiting. It's not just to, to reminisce of 30 years of friendship. It's to talk about, you know, this idea that even Ken says, you know, this was your idea, a video and audio podcast, Our World War II Dad. So take me through the steps. How does, what what clicks in you to go, you know what, I know video, you, you've known video all your career, but this is something special. Two sons recalling what their dad did. Yeah, it was really special, and uh, I'm glad I had the idea. Um, I, I haven't done a podcast before. I started working on a, another gentleman's podcast earlier in the year and kind of got a, you know used to how that's done and, and figured out how to put that together because I was doing all the production for it. And literally it was, Stefan, I was, I was texting with Ken when he was in Europe. He was sending me photos of all these places he was visiting where Dad might have been, Dad probably was, and I just was loving it, and he was telling the stories. I'm like, I really want you to do a PowerPoint presentation. And he laughed at me, and then I'm driving to work one day, and I'm like, well, I've been doing this podcasting thing. Mm -hmm. I can see how this would work, a video podcast where, you know, I've been in this business. I can kind of take him through it. I'm not as good at the interview part as you are, but I can take him through and kind of guide him through the places we want to go and just kind of wind him up and let him tell the stories. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, from this side of it, my brother has taken on this storytelling aspect right she has this great tv thing and then mom we had mom on one of the podcasts yep, yep. you did and great Pat. i asked i asked mama a question she answers it and then she tosses to ken for the, another response. <laughs> like, oh my goodness it's a round table she's doing great i'm telling oh, yeah, you netflix good. and eat your heart out uh, this is something that you know and, and here's the other thing you know this this is not to take anything away from lou at all but Lou would be the first to tell you he was just doing his job. He was just one man in a, in a United States effort uh, in World War II. And you think about what I love about what you guys have done, and, and, and rest in peace your father, that he's not, uh, at least in this earthly presence, able to see this. But how many – this potentially could play out millions of times over, you know, over the, the decades, and I'm so glad you guys did it. When, when, when he presented the idea, Ken, did you – 
because you're great. I mean, Chris kind of acts like the host, yeah. and you're the subject matter expert. I mean, you're using. I mean, Chris, he's using visuals and everything. I mean, it's just great. He, he has callbacks. I, I mean, all these things <laughs> that took me thirty years to gain, he got in a year. No, you know, yeah. not even a year, three months. Yeah, yeah, but th- that had to be so cool to to kind of do. You know, he did tease me about you know doing the PowerPoint thing, and I'm like, yeah, right. And, and who wants to hear about your trip? You know. And he just he just kept after me. He's like, no. He goes, we're doing a podcast. I go, are you sure? And I go, I got great pictures, and I got a great, I got some great stories, but I don't know who's going to be interested. He goes, no, we're doing this. And as we uh, un- unwrapped the whole thing, it just became really this kind of story that got its own, own momentum. And Chris and I both got into it from the standpoint of what was Dad thinking at 17, 18, 19 when you know, he, he enlisted and then he went through training and then he shipped off as a replacement? What was going through his head based on the things he had brought home? He brought home a Nazi flag he confiscated. He was given an Italian Beretta pistol by the uh, uh, a crown prince in Austria because he helped him out when some displaced persons were rioting in his front yard. And so he brought these little tidbits back that as we unwrapped it, it really became an interesting story. And as Chris has said in the past, it's just truly an American story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and Ken and Pat Cangelli here for the program on the American Veteran Show as we talk about their video and, and audio series, Our World War II Dad. Chris, I, before I don't want to wait till the very end, so let, let's do it now about midway through the program. Uh, how can people see this? And then after you kind of you know give it multiple times, I want to know the reaction so far that you've received. Absolutely, and, and thank you very much because you know we're very proud of it. It's not just our story. Um, you know, we talk a lot about dad, but we talk about a lot of these other servicemen yeah. and the things that happened to them in these same areas. So I think people that uh, are you know love history, love learning about World War II dads, and you know, World War II uncles and grandpas mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even some of the World War II moms that were over there, you know, serving with, with the WAC. Yep. They, uh, they, uh, it's, a, it's an American story, like Ken said. And so for us, it's on YouTube and it is our World War II dad. And, and the WW2 is actually a WWII, capital II. So our World War II dad, it's on YouTube. But you also can find it on uh, the audio versions on Apple and Spotify podcasts. But I recommend the U, YouTube version because you get to see all those visuals. And to answer your other question about the reaction, mm-hmm. um, we, uh, we have been very pleasantly surprised. People have reached out and said that they have, you know, those dads or grandfathers and they've kept the photos. And, and we really want them to send us their, uh, their stories because, you know, we kind of wrapped up the limited series podcast talking about dad. But we're, we're going to do another one where we can talk about a lot of these other fathers and a lot of the other places that Ken got a chance to visit that dad wasn't at. And continue the story there. So yeah, it's been great. You know what? I one thing I like uh, a lot. In fact, I love a lot. Ken is that in doing this for your own family's purposes, and you know, just having it kind of archived. I mean, your mom mentioned you know it's gonna you got six dozen family members, right? From grandkids, great grandkids, cousins, uncles, aunts, all of that. But I, when I first watched the couple first couple of episodes, I'm like. If they can inspire others to not even maybe go as far as you guys did, but just to have conversations around the kitchen table, I think that would be so great. I just I look at this as an inspirational project as well. Yeah. And Chris and I talked about that. We said, you know, we want it to be interesting and we want good visuals and everything. But the bottom line is we want to record this history while we've got our 91-year-old mother with a sharp brain telling us what she knows. We want to record this for all the next generations. And Mm -hmm. I became a grandfather this year, and I am so excited that I've got this granddaughter who is going to get to hear about – 
you know, great, great grandpa Lou and great grandma Pat and what their lives were like during a pivotal point in America, that they were the greatest generation. And I think doing this podcast just demonstrates that. Yeah. Uh, Pat, before we go to our next break, what do you think of the series so far? Well, I cried. I laughed. I enjoyed every minute of it. The boys did a wonderful job. It's just amazing. And you know you were talking about the other soldiers and things. Ken tells a story about talking about to Dr. Bob McAdam. And he questioned Kenny, why do you want to know all these things? Everybody wants to know them because they lived it. We want to know about it. And it is our duty to never, ever, ever forget. We'll continue our our wonderful episode of the American Veterans Show with the Cangella family. Again, the series, Our World War II Dad. Stay with us when we come back. I want to know from each of our guests, who was Lou Cangella? We'll have that next. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stephen Tubbs. We're just about midway through this week's edition of the American Veteran Show, and it is just my honor to have my longtime friends, the Cangella family, Ken and Chris and Pat Cangella. Pat, the matriarch of the family, 91 years young. Ken is here. He's a little younger than that, and Chris is joining us via Zoom. And Chris and I met back in 1994 when Chris was working in Denver Media. I was just starting out. And I just I meet this family. I remember for those of you listening in the in the Denver metro area, uh, if I recall correctly, Chris at a very young age had had just purchased a home, and I'm like, God, I hope in the next year I can purchase my first home. And Chris tells me, he says, you should come down sometime to my home. I live in this place called Highlands Ranch, and I had never ever heard. I don't know if you remember that, brother, but like you know, that was that was uh, as the kids say, I think a hot minute ago. But but yeah, I mean, that was 1994. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't know that you'd never been there before, and I kind of introduced you to that area. You did, was, and then I would live yeah. there for almost two two decades. So I, I owe yeah. it all to you. I want to know. I want to start with you, Chris. Okay. Uh, as we talk about your your video and audio podcast series, our World War II Dad, as Chris mentioned, you can hear the audio on Apple iTunes and and go to YouTube and see this limited series that I hope expands in ways, shapes, and forms. But who was Lou Cangilla? Who was your dad? Well, of course, I can only speak to how, what I know of him, you know, and how my you know relationship was with him and, and what I've learned through this podcast. But, you know, dad was a, a little tougher than most, not extremely warm, very generous, loving, but not extremely warm. And I think that might have something to do with maybe how he was raised. And, and of course, at going to war when you're 17 can do a lot to a person. So, yeah, he was uh, he was a little, uh, you know, less warm than uh, fathers of today. And um, and he had me when he was 42. So, you know, I'm the last of, of the eight children. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine, you know, I'm a father myself. And it's funny when we're talking about dad going away at 17, you know, my children are older than 17 now. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And so, um, you know, talking about dad and, and learning about him, I'm sure, you know, at 42, he has me. He's had eight kids. He's, he was good on, on being a dad <laughs> by then. So, you know, I, I, uh, I uh, played a big part in his, in his life, and of course he did in mine. But, you know, he was, uh, he was doing other things, and, and he worked a lot too. So, hmm. you know, it was, uh, it was a good relationship, but just a little different than most of today. Ken, where were you on the, in the, the flow chart of eight kids? Yeah, I was fifth born, so I'm pretty much in the middle. And what was, what was he like for you? 
You know, when I think about dad, and if you had asked me this before I'd done the podcast, I would have just answered what he was like as an adult. But now I see him as really, uh, you know, more than one type of person. I, I see this younger version of him where he, you know, he ships off to Camp Croft to be trained. He doesn't even know. He's a replacement, so he doesn't even know what unit he's going with. And he's this this five foot six. What did he weigh, Chris? 138 pounds or something? Somewhere around there, yeah. yeah just this short guy, you know. And uh, he's, he's, I'm sure he's scared, never got outside of Pittsburgh very much, ships across the Atlantic, you know, when he's 18, afraid to death he's going to get torpedoed as he goes across because his ship started to break down and fell behind the convoy. So I picture him as the scared kid. And then as we get towards the end of his military two years during World War II, you can see in the photos he's a changed man. He's, he's, he, he looks stronger. He looks tougher. He's got this confidence that – you didn't see in those earlier pictures of him. So I, I see him that way. And then, you know, Chris talks about him being a strict disciplinarian, but I see these old pictures of him on New Year's Eve, 1947. And he's, I don't know where he is, some apartment, somebody's house, and they're having a good time. And he's got the, he's dressed to the nines in this suit. You know, they look like the rat pack hanging out <laughs> and he, he's got a beverage in his hand of some kind and he's having a good time. And I think, man, I'd like to sit down with that guy and have a beer with him because he'd be a really interesting guy to talk to. Hmm. But then, you know, as Chris said, he was a strict disciplinarian, worked his tail off for all of us to raise eight kids, put us put a roof over our head. So we didn't get as much of his time as we did our dear mother. Um, but I knew he loved me. I always knew he did. And, you know, there was a time in my life when I was feeling pretty down. He never would say, I love you. But he'd bring you Italian sausage and make sure you had Italian sausage in the And that was kind of translation, right? Absolutely. Mm. Pat, the, the man that you fell in love with and married and, and had a huge family with, huge being my editorial comment because I only have one sibling, uh, how do you describe Lou? Well, when we were first dating, he ran around with a big crowd of young men, and they were just the best, just really good. They went to Sacred Heart grade school together, went to Central High School together, and then they all went off in different areas. But then they came back, and they hung out together, and we just loved each other. And I thought, if that man has that many friends, he's got to be a good man. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons why I married him. Mm-hmm. Did you know you were going to have a large family? Did you come from okay. a large family, or did he? Yes. I, yes, he had seven, and we had six in my family. And I wanted a large family. Mm-hmm. Didn't know I was going to have them so close together. Mm-hmm. Some of them are only 15 months apart. But uh, they came fast. And the thing was, like Ken said, Lou was busy all the time, didn't have enough time to spend with the kids. Then the grandkids came. Oh, my gosh. They were so special. I said, you love those grandkids more than you do your own kids. He says, yep. He says, hey, go home. <laughs> hey, Stefan, if I could, yeah, I'd like to tell a short little story yep. about uh, Dad in his later years and him showing love for us. Um, you know, he wasn't uh, in the best of health towards the end of his life. And, uh, of course, you were on this team. Man, I was managing this, uh, this media softball team. And you know as well as I, it's hard to get guys sometimes with all the things that are going on there. And I was down. I needed... You know, nine players, and I had like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And Dad, in his poor health, you know, leans over and talks to Mom. Mom relayed the story to me, which is usually how it went when Dad had to tell you something. It went through Mom. <laughs> and he said, you know, uh, tell Chris that um, I could probably catch for the team. I don't think I can hit and run, but I could probably catch. 
this man was not well. Yeah. And uh, and was able, wanting to make sure that I didn't miss out on what I wanted to do. So. Yeah, and I I remember you know I attended um, your father's funeral, um, and you know our our mutual friend Philip Palmer. Uh, was the was the master of ceremonies, or you know, delivered the eulogy and handled the 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 deal? And I, I knew then that a you guys had a really big family, and that love really kept you together. And and it, you know, just to see, especially the the amount of time as your mom just mentioned, and I'll pose this to to you, Ken. You know, your mom mentioned the kids coming back. I mean, that's a lot when when he's forty two and the eighth child is about to be delivered or delivered. I mean, that's. That's a lot, and I wonder if if I mean I wonder if he tried to keep that together as much as still you still got to work. He's forty two. He's he's not anywhere close to retirement, and you've got eight mouths to feed, and you know to to show the love and devotion as well. I mean that's a lot of pressure on anybody at forty two. Yeah, he he uh, he definitely had to work hard, and and back in those days, you know, you didn't work from home. You commuted. He worked down at Denargo Market, which, as you know, is down by Coors Field. Yeah. So he drove into work every day. Traffic wasn't nearly as bad back then. Mm-hmm. But he worked Monday through Friday, and I don't think he'd get home till you know six six thirty at night. And then he had to work every other Saturday. So he was just gone a lot working, and he had to to put bread on the table for our family. We never went on vacation. We, we you know we just we would go to the South Platte River and put inner tubes in. That was vacation, you know. But we didn't miss anything. I mean, it was a loving family. We're having fun. There's kids all over the neighborhood. So he he did a you know he did the best he could do uh, with what he had, and he was a he was a very good wage earner, and he saved his money and invested well, and he has taken care of uh, of mom all these years, even after he's gone. Pat, what do you think? And, and we have one more segment coming up. What do you think Lou would think of our World War II dad in this video and audio series? What would he think about it? He would be extremely proud of his boys, of the job they have done. I know it took hours and hours to produce that uh, podcast. Was he a humble man in that he'd be maybe telling Chris and and Ken, oh, come on, guys, I was just doing my job? I don't think so. Uh He liked the attention. He really would like the attention. Yeah, I think he would just have loved every minute of it. Probably watched it a couple of times, too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. We'll wrap up this week's program here on the American Veteran Show with Pat and Ken and Chris Cangella. As we remember, Lou Cangella, and um, he's Ken and Chris's World War II dad. We'll wrap up the program and give you a little bit of an anecdote as to if you followed us on this program talking about the late Dr. Bob McAdam and our film 25 Steps. Um, we have these guests to thank because they introduced me many, many uh, years ago. We'll wrap up the program coming up next. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Now, back to the American Veteran Show. Here's Stephan Tubbs. Welcome back, and we wrap this edition of the American Veteran Show. Thank you so much to our guests, Chris and Ken and Pat Angela, as we talk about a video and audio podcast series, I hope that you can take part in, and we'll give you a couple of more reminders before we wrap up in this segment, but it's called Our World War II Dad. You can follow them on Twitter. You can even send uh, send them an email, and, and I know, uh, Chris, right off the, the bat on this final segment, I mean, that would be something really cool, not just to get the accolades, but you know, even if you got on your, your email address, which is ourworldwar2dad at gmail.com, 
com. So it's, you know, the, the actual typing is our WW, the number two dad at gmail.com. It'd be really cool whether it's tomorrow or down the road next year or whenever that, you know, somebody watched what you and Ken have produced and, you know, they're, they're now picking it up and doing their own thing, right? It would be great. And we, you know, in our last episode, we put it out there to our viewers and listeners, please, you know, tell us your story. And if you can, a moment, you know, shoot a little video talking about, you know, your World War II relative and, and let us know what they are all about, because we want to do kind of a epilogue episode mm-hmm. uh, closer to Veterans Day where we can really share some of those those stories, because it is a kind of a community. Right. And this community, as, as Ken has alluded to, you know, it's the greatest generation. You know, we're losing a lot of those guys. And, uh, and those stories. So we, we want to really, you know, keep that alive. Ken, I probably asked you this in, in a, a, a various ways, shapes, and forms over the much of this hour. But, I mean, if there's one thing or two things or ten things, but what do you think you've learned, especially going back to Europe and kind of trying as best you could to retrace your father's steps? What, what did you learn about him post that trip? And, and now as we speak, you probably maybe have one or two maybe more episodes, but big picture, what did you learn about Luke Kangela? I think what I learned was uh, the snippets that he told us were, were so benign. And then when I walked in his footsteps and I, uh, I, had, I had a great German guide there who had figured some things out for me and was able to take me to the, I mean, the exact streets where C Company, the 99th Infantry Battalion separate, had fought and show me pictures from back in those days. You have one, if I could interrupt you. Yeah. You have a couple. And I know you know what I'm talking about. You have a couple where you have a photo from World War II and what it looks like today, and it made my hair stand on end. Talk about that. Yeah, there's the. I think my favorite photo, and this is the first place that the guy took me to. My favorite photo is we pull up, and he and he shows me this picture, black and white picture, you know, and it's this American soldier, and he's standing in this doorway. And Amazing. It's like, a, it's like a basement doorway, and he's he's got his gun out, and he's looking up the street, and there's smoke, and, you know, it's a stone house. You know it's Europe. And you look at that, and, and he goes, okay, look to your left, and look over there, and there's the house. It's still there. It's the same doorway. And I just, I just, it made the hair stand yeah. up on the back of my neck. And he said, this isn't just where an American soldier was. This is where C Company was. This is where your dad's troops were. This is the street your dad worked his way up under enemy machine gun fire. And it just, I mean, it just boggles your mind when you think about standing in that same place. Yeah. And Chris, you know, using those visuals too, I know for you being in that medium, I mean, just, I mean, it's just a, a godsend and just amazing. And then for you to do what you do professionally, but then putting this together in this this podcast um, that, again, our World War II dad, I, I mean, th- that just had to be a trip for you, Chris. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, Ken, this is going back even before the pandemic, uh, found a photo um, and it is the town square of Malmody in Belgium. And there's uh, all the uh, the army uh, vehicles and uh, infantrymen in it, and um, he said, "Isn't that cool?" My dad was in this town square. I'm like that is that is cool. And so I took it upon myself to kind of. This is way before any thought of this. Mm-hmm. I went and dropped, you know, went on Google Maps and dropped myself in that same spot. I found where that spot was, and sure enough, everything was still there. Mo- majority of the things were still there. And that really got me going into, well, I could do, uh, you know, a visual. You've seen these before where it starts on the old photo and and it transitions into the the current day view Mm -hmm. of that same photo. And that was a big part of a lot of these things that we were able to find um, and and use and and, and recreate 
you know, what it looked like then and what it looks like now. Chris, I'll ask you the same question I asked Ken moments ago, and that is what big picture, what did you learn about your dad? Well, that's what I've shared with Ken and, and our listeners is, and Ken kind of alluded to this as well, you know, we knew dad as dad, you know, this grown man, older guy, right? And when we think about it, I never really thought about how young he was. And I always watched World War II movies and, and, and shows, and those guys always, to me, seem like they're in their you know late 20s yeah. at, at the earliest, or, or their 30s. They seem so much older. And now being a father and having kids that have gone through being 17, 18, these were kids, man. And they stepped up and did their job. And it's hard to think of, you know, my kids doing it. Even I was an idiot, 17-year-old. Even me doing no, what know. these men did. And, and so that's one thing I really take away from it. And you mentioned earlier about dad. You know, he was, he was the guy that did what was needed to be done. You know, he was asked to do something and he was, did what was needed to be done. And I think as a father, he did the same thing. I have eight kids. I need to work a lot so I can provide for them. I'm going to do what is needed to be done. Hmm. Pat, did you learn anything about your husband? How many years were you married? 45. Uh, so in 45 years of marriage, you know, your sons now, you know, a couple decades later, they, they put this together. Did you learn anything? Well, I didn't realize how dangerous his life had been as a young man. And I told the story on the uh, podcast that I had to take a child into the bathroom during the night because it was having a nightmare. And I always took them in and wiped their face down with a warm washcloth. Well, my husband was in the bathroom taking a shower at the time. So I went in, and I didn't want the child to wake up, so I turned the light out, and he immediately dropped down. Mm. And I thought, wow. And he said to me, that's what I learned in the Army. Make yourself small. Hmm. Yeah. Our World War II dad. In the moments that we have left, and, and Chris, I'll give you the uh, opportunity again to, to direct people to go watch and, and or listen to this. Um, take, take me back, and I'm getting older now, this just in. How, how did you introduce me to one Dr. Robert McAdam of 25 Steps fame? You know, I'm not sure exactly how that came about, and we'll just kind of give a little background. Our oldest sister, mom's firstborn, is Claudia, mm -hmm. and she's married to Gary McAdam. And Dr. Bob McAdam is Gary's dad, his World War II dad, if you will. Yeah. And um, he had incredible uh, stories. And I think you were getting so involved. I know how you have, you know, served the veterans. Well, I don't know if you want to say served, but you have recognized Tried what to, the veterans yeah. have done over your career. And I think it just naturally led to uh, talking to uh, uh, Dr. McAdam yeah, about this, his I, experience. Yeah, I think it was kind of like, yeah, I think it was kind of like, hey, I got a guy you should meet. Yeah. And I mean, you want to talk about an amazing story. Again, our, the the basis for, for 25 steps was, see, Ken Jellis, I owe you that. <laughs> if it weren't for Claudia marrying Gary, I would have never known, uh, to Chris's point, uh, Gary's World War II dad in the amazing, amazing Bob McAdam. Uh, Chris, I want to give you a, a kind of final comment and, and, again, guide everybody to how they can uh, hear and watch uh, our World War II dad. Absolutely, and we thank you so much for having us on your show. Uh, our World War II dad, and it's uh, World War II is WW and two eyes for the two. Our World War II dad can be found on YouTube as a visual uh, podcast. 
And then it's also as an audio podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. But gosh, you really need to look at the uh, visuals mm-hmm. and see that YouTube podcast. But my last thought is, you know, um, this project was kind of, I was kind of selfish. I wanted to learn what Ken learned when he went and saw where dad was. And boy, did I ever. And I had a great connection with my brother, with my mom. We talked with the, the other brothers and sisters about this thing. So it really was something that our family is very proud of. And like we talked about at the beginning, it is a true American story. And I, I think people will really like uh, watching it. Yeah. Chris, thank you. I love your brother. And, and you know, the, the way you put it, Ken, uh, Chris alluded to, you know, it, it's an American story. It, it's it's fascinating to us. Maybe. Well, first, it's your blood relative. It's your dad. Mm-hmm. But then the other the other part is so many of these stories have gone to the graves and nobody nobody did what you you guys have have done. Did you learn anything about yourself? I know that's kind of a corny question, but did you? Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think I learned that, uh, uh, I think I, I gained a more of an appreciation for what dad went through. Yeah. And I, I, I think what I learned and that I pass on to younger listeners is don't wait, talk, talk to your parents, your grandparents, whoever you've got in your life. This, they all have interesting stories to Everyone, tell. Yeah. Sit down and talk to them. And Chris always reminds me, don't just talk to them, record it. And so we're so lucky to have Chris and our family to be able to capture all of this information for us. So, you know, that's that was a, a, a defining moment for me was to just get the information and make it available for everybody to see from from here on out. Mm-hmm. Pat, I'll give you the final word uh, as you look back. I, I think I know the answer, and that would be you're glad that your boys kind of were a little bit um, curious and and got into this a little bit more than maybe you know you thought they would have 10 years ago oh yes my son Lou had gone over to Europe before Ken did but he didn't go into the war part of it he looked at the history of my husband's family that was sent there in Italy and then came over to the United States and so it was a different story that he came home with than what Ken told us but they were both interesting. Glad that they did it, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Always. It is so great to see you. Thank you for being so kind to me for almost 30 years. And it's it's always a pleasure to see you. Thank you, Stefan. Ken, my brother, thank you. Thank you. And I don't know, Chris, you. Uh, you too. And, and congratulations. Chris, I love you. I owe you. Uh, you. You've given me a lot over nearly three decades of friendship. And uh, I hold that close to my heart. Thank you, brother. Well, you've given me a lot too, my brother. So uh, I appreciate it, and uh, you are part of this family. So, you know, we'll let you, you know, call our dad, your World War II dad, a little bit too, if uh, you want. That is actually, uh, you got me, you got me, Chris and Ken and Pat Kenjilla, and this we dedicate to the memory of Lou Kenjilla, our World War II dad. You can find them on YouTube and Spotify and. Apple iTunes as well. That wraps up this week's edition. Hope you've enjoyed it. Again, reach out or at minimum give you a to-do list. Record your family's history. You will thank yourself later. For our producer, Michael Arpaio, I'm Stefan Tubbs. Have a great week ahead and remember our troops. The American Veterans Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteransShow.com. Join us next week for another edition of The American Veteran Show. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks. 
the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100 that's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100 prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy